Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know what time it is, fam. (laughs) Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober. Thank you for being with me today. Let's start this program off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. In the middle of all kinds of madness, in the middle of darkness, we can always find the light, which is you. And you lead us. Your word says that when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You are our rock. You are our strong tower. You are our shelter in the storm. God, you are our balm in Gilead. You are, you are, you are. You actually called yourself, I am, I am, I am. And so we thank you, God, for being whatever it is that we need during this time and during this season. Whatever we need, if it's peace, if it's joy, if it's comfort, if it's encouragement, if it's finances, if it's opportunities, you know what we need and you are the embodiment of what we need. And we thank you, God. We appreciate you so much for big things and small things and medium-sized things and gigantic things and teeny tiny things. We thank you for all things that come our way that are for our good. Your word says that all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we give you, given thee. And so we thank you, God, that now we're giving you our time. We've already given you our hearts. We've already given you our minds. And now, God, we're giving you the most valuable thing that we have, our time, as we sit at your feet to hear your word. Now, God, I declare that that word will go forth and it will flow with clarity, power, simplicity, and understanding. It will be spoken in the proper context and it will be spoken and declared in a way that everyone who hears this word will be impacted by it, that on some level their life will change because of what they hear today through me, your word through me, God, all of you through all of me today. I declare this, that the the will of God shall be accomplished fully and completely. I declare that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. I declare that everyone who is listening has open ears and open hearts so that they can receive the seed of the word in good ground and it will grow and bring forth some 60, some 90, some 100 fold, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, all of the folds, God. Ah, that, that, that the people will receive because they planted their word, planted your word in their hearts. Thank you for being with us, God. Thank you for loving us the way that we do. Continue to strengthen us. Continue to love on us lavishly. Help us to learn how to love on each other lavishly as we learn and grow from your word. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. What's going on, fam? Everybody good? Everybody good? Ah, oh, man, man. Life is good and getting better, right? Good and getting better. Some of us can say that based on our experiences right now. Some of us must have must say that by faith right now. That, that, that the outside situation doesn't look good. But I tell you now, all is well. All is well. All is well. Like the Shunammite woman in, 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 uh, in, in the Old Testament. 
that she said to the prophet when her son had died. She said to the prophet, she gave the response, all is well. And I'm telling you, some by faith, some by experience, all is well. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, today we're doing our third part uh, in our series on life storms. We'll do a brief recap of the first two storms and then we'll dive into this third storm. Uh, you know, in, in many churches growing up, uh, if you've been around churches for any number of time, any number of years, you'll hear many pastors and ministers get behind pulpits and talk about the storms of life, using it as a metaphor for trouble that comes in our lives, right? But, but, but my goal was to kind of tweak this thing a little higher, that this is not about just trouble when we talk about life storms. We're talking about devastating experiences and circumstances that, that, that can take us out and take us down. I, I had a dear friend of mine years ago, her marriage broke up and she literally couldn't get, get out of bed for days. And, and one of her girlfriends had to come to her house and clean her up and put some clothes on her and get her out of the house. That's what a life storm can do to you. It can devastate you for days. It can devastate you for years, right? So we were looking at what, how to identify these storms and what the solutions are for each storm. We've looked at three different storms that appear in the Word of God. The first storm we looked at was the storm that Jonah experienced, and we call that a storm that could be avoided because Jonah's storm was caused by his disobedience to the call that God and the assignment that God had given him. A storm that can be avoided by simply being obedient to God, by simply trusting God, and by simply just walking out the thing that God has told you to do. And when we looked at that first life storm, uh, one of the things that we, we talked about, not only obedience to the call of God, but also understanding that the plan God has for us are good plans. They're not evil plans. There may not be, they may not be plans that we necessarily agree with or plans that we necessarily understand, which is the big one. Plans that we don't necessarily understand. But the old folks say, we'll understand it better by and by. So just walk that thing out because God has a good plan for your life. And if I know he has a good plan, it makes it easier for us, to, me to trust him and walk out the assignment that he's given us. And, you know, oftentimes it's not about us. You know, God will use us to do some things and maybe it will cause discomfort in our lives. But when we do it, it will be a blessing and have an impact into the lives of other people. Right. So it's not always about us. So that was the first life storm, the storm that Jonah experienced. And we call it the storm that can be avoided. Then the second storm we looked at was the storm that the disciples and Jesus experienced uh, when Jesus was asleep on the boat and a storm came as the disciples were crossing over to the other side. And we described that storm as storms that can be overcome. So some storms can be avoided by operating in, in obedience. Some storms can be overcome and, and the way Jesus overcame that storm, he operated in his authority. And he stood up and he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the waves and the sea became clear. 
the storm ended, the sea became clear, and the will of God then was able to be accomplished because Jesus stood up and took authority. He exercised his authority over the wind and the waves, right? And that storm came to oppose the word. And so sometimes we get storm, like serious, serious storms that come to oppose the word that has been spoken, either spoken over your life or a word that you've spoken over your life or a word that was given to you by, by a man or woman of God and you took hold to that word, that promise, your version of let us go to the other side and opposition came, strong opposition came. Well, in that situation, as Jesus took authority over the storm, we must also take authority over the storm that comes to oppose the word of God, that comes to oppose the business that God said you were supposed to start now, that comes to oppose the word of God that says step out on ministry now, right? The, the word that comes to oppose uh, uh, it's not time to get married yet. I kind of flipped that thing, right? Because most people say, well, you get a word, it's time to get married and a storm comes. And that's true. But sometimes you're trying to get married and 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 there, there are things that are trying to push you to get married, a storm that's trying to push you in a direction that God doesn't want you to go in, right? Opposing, God has told you to wait. But everything seems to be lining up that it's time to go. But the word is wait. But if I don't do it right now, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. It'll happen if God is telling you to wait. You don't know what's around the corner. As, as, I'm, as I'm recording this podcast now, we're still in the middle of this pandemic for COVID-19. Not a lot of people, maybe, maybe uh, prophets that were really sensitive to the Lord, but nobody really knew that COVID was coming. And when it hit, boy, it caught a lot of people off guard. But it never catches God off guard. And if he's saying for you to wait, hey, man, wait. Hey, sis, wait. Just wait. Just wait. You know, I was, I was picking up some food today and, and, you know, I'm at the place on the corner trying to uh, get onto the street to get into traffic. And there are cars coming. It would be foolish of me to drive out there right in the middle of traffic just because I want to go. I think it's time for me to go, so I'm going to go. Wait. Let the cars pass. Let the traffic die down. And then once everything is smooth and clear, go your way. That was for somebody, man, because that's not even in my notes. Okay? If God is saying wait, wait. If God is saying go, go. It doesn't matter that the environment doesn't line up with the word. Oftentimes it doesn't. When, 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 when uh, Joshua was leading the people uh, across the Jordan, right? And Joshua and Caleb and, and a few others were old enough to remember what happened at the Red Sea. Now at the Red Sea, God gave Moses the instruction, put your staff over the sea, and then God parted the waters, and then the people walked across, Right? 40 years later at the Jordan, God tells Joshua, have the priest put their foot in the water first, and then I will open the waters. Totally opposite. 
And anybody who was who said, well, you know, God told Moses he was going to part the Red Sea before we stepped in. Why we got to step out in the water now? Because it's a new generation that brings a new direct instruction. Right? Faith, their faith was on a different level now. So now you put your foot in, I'll open the waters, I'll part the waters. Where before, I had to part the waters, and then you put your foot in. Now you've, you've matured to a place where I put your foot in first, and now I'll part the waters. And it didn't look like it was time for them to walk across when the priests put their foot in. But because they followed the instructions of the Lord, when they put their foot in, the waters parted, and then they walked across. Okay. So whatever God is telling you to do, just do that. And whatever opposition comes up, op don't, don't sit there and take it. Operate in your authority. No, I will go to the other side. No, I will wait until God says it's time. No, I will start that business right now. No, I will start my ministry right now. Right? It's just like uh, at the wedding at Cana. And, uh, you know, they were out of wine. And Mary says to the people, whatever my son tells you to do, do it. And let's keep life simple like that. Let's keep our relationship with God simple like that. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. All right. So that's life storm number two. Storms that can be overcome when we exercise the authority that is given to us. That is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. All right. And so now today we're going to hit storm number three. And this storm is called storms that must be endured. These storms are called storms that must be endured. And this is a storm that Paul uh, experienced. He experienced a couple of storms, man. Paul, <laughs> my boy Paul went through it, man. I, I could see getting to heaven and going to talk to Paul. Say, Paul, was it rough? And he'd be like, man, you see what I wrote in the scriptures, right? It's rough on a brother, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'm sure that's that's his mindset. I'm so looking forward to talking to him when we get there. Um, might be a long line to wait to talk to him, but I, I just want to I just want to talk to that brother, man. All right, so we're looking at a storm that uh, Paul had to endure, right? And this comes out of Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 26. Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 26. Verse 20 says, Now when neither sun nor stars... Now, now they've already experienced the storm. You can go back and read the earlier part of Acts 27 to get the background. But they, they, they've already hit the storm. And the storm has attacked the boat. And he says, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. 
Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. All right. So here's a storm. Uh, uh, I mean, it could have been avoided if the men had listened to Paul. But, 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 but Paul's disobedience didn't cause the storm. So this doesn't fall into that category. The storm wasn't stopped by the authority that Paul walked in. Right? This storm hit. And it hit hard. And it affected everybody that Paul was connected to. And yet, in the middle of the storm, my God, in the middle of the storm, because it said, neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. So in the middle of the storm, the word of the Lord came to Paul through an angel and basically said, this storm is not going to stop you from your destiny, but you're going to have to ride it out. This storm is not going to stop you from your destiny. Nobody around you is going to lose their life, but you're going to have to ride this bad boy out. All right. And if you read further into the story, they were out there in the water for 14 days, two weeks. The, the, the ship had been destroyed. They were hanging on the planks from the ship, right? Wreckage from the ship for two weeks in the water, day and night. Nobody died. And they got to their destination. Okay? So right in the middle of that storm, he got a word from the Lord. You're going to be all right. Everybody around you is going to be all right. You're going to get to your destination. But you're going to have to endure this storm. Right? You can't, you can't obedience your way out of it. You can't faith your way out of it. You can't use your authority to stop it. All you can do is ride it out. But here is the word from the Lord. You're going to get to your destination. This storm is not going to stop you. It may affect you, but it's not going to stop you. And this is why a relationship with God is so important. Because right in the middle of a storm, Right in the middle of a storm, if you keep your ears sensitive enough, you can hear through the wind, I got you. You can hear through the pain, you're going to be all right. You can hear through the tears, I'm going to get you through this. But you got to ride it out. I'm in the middle of a thing right now. That storm hit my life so hard, it knocked me for a loop. Spent at least one good night crying. Almost cried myself to sleep. And right in the middle of the tears, I'm telling you because it's happened to me, right in the middle of the tears, I heard God say, son, I got you. The storm didn't stop. The wreckage was done by the storm but God said I'm going to get you to your destination you're going to have the thing that you said you want but you got to ride this out you got to ride this out you can't give in to your emotions you can't act on, out on your frustration you can't say the things that you want to say that you think is going to fix this thing because it's not 
There's nothing you can do to change this, but I can. So grab onto that plank and ride this thing out until we get to ground. All right. Actually, yeah, actually, 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 this story, uh, they end, the ship didn't break up. My bad. The ship didn't break up. That was another shipwreck that Paul <laughs> to, to do that. Multiple shipwrecks, man. I'm thinking of the wrong shipwreck. All right. Because they did end up, you know, throwing the sound in the water and they found out they were running up aground a and, and they, they, they were okay. But, but uh, man, 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 you got to ride it out. You got to ride it out. You're going to be you're going to be hungry, you're going to be wet, you're going to be uncomfortable. People are going to be moaning and groaning. You got to ride it out. You got to ride it out. But you're going to get to your destination. All right? You got to ride it out, but you're going to get to your destination. So what do you do? You endure. You in you endure. Right? Now, oftentimes in the Bible, uh, we see the word patience. And one of the uh, uh, translations of that word patience or a synonym for that word patience is endurance. In a couple of translations, you'll see the phrase patient endurance, right? You have to endure. You have to endure. Knowing that you're going to get to your destination. Because that's the thing that keeps you going. This is tough, but I'm, I've got a promise from the Lord that I'm going to get to my destination. This is challenging. Man, this is hard. But I got a promise from the Lord that I'm going to get to my destination. This thing knocked me for a loop. I didn't see it coming, right? Walked into this thing and it knocked me out. But I got a word from the Lord. We're going to get to our destination. Everybody around you is going to be cool, but you're going to have to ride this thing out. So we must endure. So let's look at a scripture that speaks to endurance. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And then we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. And then we're going to call it a day. That'll be it. That'll be it. And that will complete our series on life storms. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. No temptation has overcome you, overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. That's the thing right there. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted. That word tempted means tested beyond what you are able, right? God is like, if you're in the eighth grade, I'm not going to give you a test for an 11th grader. I'm going to give you a test that's suitable to your grade. Now, it may be a hard test, but it's a hard eighth grade test and not a hard 11th grade test, right? You're not going to you're not going to take a 5th grader and give him a 10th grade test. They have no idea what that stuff is. You try to teach a 5th grader geometry, well some 5th graders today might be able to do it. 
But, you know, a regular fifth grader just taking regular math, never seen the Pythagorean theorem or sine, cosine, tangent, or, you know, how to see if, if, if triangles are congruent. Never seen that before. And you're going to give them a test on that level? No. So God says, I may give you a hard test, but it's a test that fits your grade level. It's a test that fits your faith level. It's a test that fits your trust level. And a whole bunch of other people that were in the fifth grade, they had to take this test too. So it's not uncommon for a fifth grader to have to take this test. You're in the fifth grade now, right? Time to take the fifth grade test. And when you pass the test, hey, you move to the sixth grade, right? Okay, so a lot of people want elevation and a lot of people want promotion, but they don't necessarily want the test that proves you're ready for the promotion, that proves you're ready for the next level, right? It's, it's one of those backhanded compliments that God says, <laughs> you're ready to go to the next level, so here's the test to get you there. Right? It's like, oh, man, it's an honor to take this test, Lord. <laughs> man, sometimes those tests are hard, boy. They are hard, right? But it proves you're ready to move to the next level, but you got to pass the test. You got to pass the test. You've grown to the point where you're ready for the test. My God, that's good. Right? You've grown to the point. You've matured to the point where now you're ready for the test. And everybody who's gotten to this point in their lives has had to take their version of the same test. You know, in some schools, you know, with all of the students, when it's time for the final exam, it's a final exam that covers the same subject area, but you'll get different questions, right? Not every student gets the same question. I work for an aviation college, and when our students finish the program, they have to take three written exams that the FAA created. Not everybody takes the same test, but it's the same material, right? Some students may have the same question, but the answers are in a different order. So your fifth grade test, faith test, might be different from somebody else's fifth grade uh, faith test, but it's the same faith test. Y'all feel me? Okay. So he says, no temptation has overcome you except as is common to man. Everybody's got to take the same test over the same material. But because you grew up in Czechoslovakia and I grew up in Gary, Indiana, the test might manifest itself differently. Or you grew up in the hood, somebody else grew up in the suburbs, the test might manifest itself differently. You grew up in church, you just got saved two weeks ago, the test is going to manifest itself differently. Or you didn't grow up in church, got saved, and now you're coming in from that direction, from an unchurched direction, your faith test is going to be different from somebody who grew up churched. But it's the same material. Different test, same material. So it's not uncommon when you go through a test, right? Matter of fact, I think James says, count it all joy when you go through various temptations, tests, and trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith puts patience to work. Now, now the King James says, it worketh patience, as if, as if, and some people say that it produces patience. Well, it doesn't produce patience. Patience is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. What it does is, it puts patience to work. It forces you to endure, 
right? Temptations, tests, and trials puts it, it, the word, uh, I believe the translation is, it employs patience. It puts patience to work. Now I got to use my patience muscle because I'm dealing with temptations, tests, and trials. Okay? So, so Paul is saying now, back to Paul, whatever test, test you're taking is not uncommon. It might be uncommon to you, but it's not uncommon to everybody else who's come to this place in their life. Right? But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Right? And I think one translation does say that you may be able to bear up under it or to endure it. That God will give you what you need so you can bear up under or endure the test that you're in the middle of taking. The Phillips translation says, No temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear. But God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. God can be trusted. Ah, man. God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. Watch this. He will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will never be impossible for you to bear it. It will never be impossible for you to bear it. Now, let me clarify something. This word temptation means test. All right? This is not tempted to do evil. All right? Uh, and I, I, somewhere it's written where God doesn't tempt us to do evil. So this word temptation is not like the temptation that Jesus, well, eh, eh, yeah, he was, yeah. This is not like the temptation that Jesus went through in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. Because Satan was tempting him to do evil, right? To, to operate in the pride of life, to operate in uh, lust of the flesh, and to operate in lust of the eye. God is not going to test you like that. And even, and even though that would, there was a temptation to do evil, right? Uh... uh, uh, uh even though the temptation was there to do evil, God still provided a way through. He provided a way through for Jesus so he could handle that. All right. Okay, that was that was from the book of Cliff. So you can you can you can you can feed on that one or you can put it to the side. <laughs> that was either meat or bones, depending on how you caught it. <laughs> but but what we're talking about here is tests. Tests, right? Tests that come that we have to endure. And God gives us what we need to be able to endure. Years ago, I was experiencing a very strong storm, man. It was strong, it was strong. And it was similar to uh, the Holy Spirit led me into this test, right? And so, and I think I've, I've shared this story before. I don't know if on a podcast, but I know I've shared it personally. Uh, I, I spent the weekend with a friend of mine because I got evicted from my apartment. And I spent the weekend with a friend of mine and um, I was watching a religious television uh, station and a man of God began to preach on uh, how God took the children of Israel the long way around, right, uh, in the wilderness. 
and and you know I I could connect that ministry I could connect that sermon to what I was dealing with in my life but my test was so intense I heard it I kind of nodded my head to it but it didn't really penetrate right I didn't heard sermons all my life it was good it was right on time it was what I needed to hear but it didn't really penetrate an hour later I was listening to another minister on the same television station. He preached the exact same message from the exact same scripture. And then he added a dramatic element to it. And I started crying. And it was just what I needed to keep going forward in the middle of my test. Because I, 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 was, I, was, I was on the verge of giving up. I, I don't even know what giving up would have looked like because I've been in this thing with God for so long. I, I didn't know, I, you know, I, I, I can't go be a Muslim. I can't be an atheist because I'm mad at God. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm mad at somebody that I don't believe in, right? So I can't be an atheist. I can't be a Muslim. You know, I can't, I can't be agnostic. I know God exists. I'm stuck. But I'm, I'm ready to just kind of quit. And I heard the exact same sermon, an hour apart, the exact same sermon. And the second time I heard it, it penetrated my heart and I nodded my head with tears in my eyes. And I said, okay, God, okay, okay. And it allowed me to go forward. It allowed me to endure the test. It allowed me to be able to bear up under the test that I was going through. Here's, here's a commentary. Well, let me read this Phillips again. No temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear. But God can be trusted. I almost want to just park there, man, for another half hour. Listen, fam, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I see that, Lord. I don't care, and I'm not saying I don't care, and that means I'm being heartless. But it doesn't matter what you thought when your when your parent died or your when your grandmother died or when your mentor died that doesn't mean god can't be trusted god took my mom i can't trust him no more first of all he didn't take he doesn't take anybody and i heard a man of god said anybody god took they were alive enoch was alive god took him elijah was alive god took him jesus was alive god took him after he was raised from the dead, right? So this whole aspect of God took my mama or God took my grandmother, that's a, that's a deception. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I'm saying this for somebody. God can be trusted. And you've gotten yourself way out there on the limb of life and you're on the edge of falling. And pride keeps you from coming back to him because of something that happened when you were 12, or something that happened years ago. Listen, turn around and try him one more time. Turn around and try him one more time. Now, 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 this is experience for me because I was in a pretty, I've been in a couple of storms in my life. <laughs> Some that could have been avoided because <laughs> I wanted to do it my own way. Right. But this one particular situation I was in, I was literally on the floor crying in my apartment. And, uh, you know, 
I hadn't stopped being a Christian, but I really didn't know what it was to live a godly lifestyle. I was, I was, I was, you know, I wasn't out there because I was raised a certain way, but you know, I was doing my own thing and my own thing had stopped working and I'm lying on the floor and I'm crying. And a friend of mine had sent me a Bible and she used to send me these daily meditations and, 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 uh, uh, daily scriptures. And so on my floor, this is what I said. I said, okay, okay, Lord, I'm gonna try you one more time. I'm gonna try you one more time, but you got to show me how to do this. Cause those religious answers I got, I got in church and God bless the people that raised me spiritually. But, but, but I got a lot of religion. I got a lot of tear that was mixed in with the wheat and it caused confusion in my life when I got in my twenties. So I just kind of walked away. I'm going to do my thing. Right. So I said, I'm going to try you one more time, but you got to show me how to do this. You got to show me how to live a godly life. Cause I don't know how to do it. And my way is not working. So I'm going to try you one more time. And, and not more than maybe two or three weeks later, I bumped into, I was channel surfing, ran into a minister who would teach the word of God with simplicity and understanding. And in five minutes, my life changed. And that man of God was an answer to my prayer. Because through him, God showed me how to walk out a godly lifestyle between the Sundays. And one step led to another step led to another step. Here I am doing a podcast. I never intended to teach the word of God to anybody. I'm trying to learn it. I'm still trying to learn it. Right? But this is the calling that was on my life that I didn't know anything about until I gave him one more chance. God can be trusted. Give him one more chance. God can be trusted. Give him one more chance. All right. So God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. He's not going to ask you to run three miles and the best you can run is a half mile. But he'll test you on that half mile. And he will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will, it will never be impossible for you to bear it. You can get through this. You can get through this storm. You can endure it. You're stronger than you think you are. You're tougher than you think you are. And part of what this storm is for you is to show you how tough you are. God already knows. That's why he tailor-made the test just for you. Somebody else, this test would have broke them. Somebody else, this test would have took them under, but not you. And you can't compare your response to the test the way other people would respond to the test. Man, if that was me, man, I'd do so. No, it's not you. It's not them. It's you. God made you of different kind of stuff. I got two good buddies of mine. Both of them are pastors. And I was meditating on the difference between the two. I've worked up under both of them uh, in years past. And, and, and one pastor, man, he's being elevated to an incredibly high office. The other pastor is basically a street pastor. He's got a church, but he doesn't have a building. Uh, he rents the school gymnasium. You know, right now everybody's on lockdown, so nobody's in their church. So he preaches on Sunday from his home. But but they're very different people. And, and one of them had a, a severe test, right? And I don't know if, if, if that other pastor could handle the test that this pastor is dealing with now. I don't know if he could handle it. I'm pretty sure he can't because it was tailor-made for the other pastor. 
right? So God is going to tailor make a test that makes it impossible for you not to bear it. It'll never be impossible for you to bear it. But you got to trust him and know that he can be trusted. And just, <laughs> I, heard, I heard one woman of God say, you just go to bed at night and get up the next morning and go to bed at night and get up the next morning and go to bed at night and get up the next morning. And one morning, the storm will be over and you will have reached your destination. Amen. All right. I want to read a comment. I'm being led to, uh, I'm being led to move by this. Okay. Uh, I'll read this one. God provides a way of escape so that you may be empowered to endure it. God's faithfulness gives us both a way of escape and the power to endure. God's faithfulness, because we said he can be trusted. His faithfulness gives us both a way of escape and the power to endure. Right? A way of escape and the power to endure. Some of you, you kind of see, you kind of see your way out. You kind of see how you can get out of this, but you're not out yet. You see it, but you're not there yet. So you got to endure it until you get there. Right? For some people, I'll, I'll reverse the statement. He gives us both the power to endure until we find the way of escape. Right? Some people know, well, you know, uh, this, this happened to me. Uh, uh, there was a major restructuring of, of our teaching at the college because of the pandemic. And so I had to restructure my entire class to teach it online, and it wasn't made to be taught online me and all the other instructors. And so I was pulling 14, 15, 16 hour days. I was working on the weekend. It was rough, man. But I saw the way out. And I was telling my, my business partner, I said, once I get past this, and I had to do it like for two different classes. I said, once I get past this, oh man, it's going to be smooth. Right? But I had to endure it. So I saw the way of escape. I knew I only had to do this one time. But I had to endure because it was a beast, man, to put all that stuff together. I mean, I called my, my, my godmother on Mother's Day just to wish a happy Mother's Day, and I ended up crying on her shoulder because the emotions, it was just so much, man, it was so much. But I knew if I could endure it, I would be able to get to the other side. I saw my way out. Just, just write all of this stuff and, and redesign everything. I saw my way out. But I had to endure it. And God was so faithful that he gave me the way out and he gave me the power to endure. That's the God I serve. That's the God that I belong to. That's the God I'm in relationship with. That will, that will allow me to go through a storm, but it's not a storm that can overtake me and take me out. And he'll give me what I need to endure it and he'll show me the way out. He's not going to leave us hanging out there. He didn't leave Paul hanging out there in that storm. And he's not going to leave you hanging out in yours. Amen. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. This is what I call the military scripture. <laughs> this is something my older brother was in the army. And so we oftentimes talk about military and structure and discipline and all that stuff. Right. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. And again, this is Paul speaking, and he's speaking from 
you know, experience. And he's writing to Timothy and he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The Phillips translation says, put up with your share of hardship as a loyal soldier in Christ's army. There's some things we're just going to have to endure, whether it's rejection or persecution or misunderstanding or character assassination uh, or uh, they won't let you do stuff because you're, you're not in their clique, right? You may lose some things. You may have some things stolen from you, right? Because of your commitment to doing things God's way as a soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, it's not necessarily about because you're out there preaching the gospel. You might be doing that, but you may be the one that just comes to work on time on a regular basis and everybody else is sloppy. You may be the one that always has the great presentation and everybody else is as mediocre and they're looking at you like who you think you are and they don't, they don't, they don't hang out with you, they don't talk to you, all because you're just trying to operate in excellence. You're being a good soldier of Jesus Christ, right? Everybody else is gossiping. You're not gossiping. Everybody else is beating up the, the family member that has an alternative lifestyle, and you're doing your best to love on them. And, and you're catching all kinds of hell just because you're trying to love on somebody. They going to hell. You're going to go to hell right with them. You hang out with them. You know the Bible say evil communication corrupts good matters. Now they're going to throw the word at you, Right? It's all good. It's all good. Endure it. Put up with your share of hardship. You know, um, if, if we go to, we're not going to go there, but in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says that since we are encompassed about or, or surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and what he's talking about is all the, the, uh, uh, the people of faith that he talks about in chapter 11. He says, since we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let's run the race with patience, run our race with patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he says later, you have not sweated unto blood. And he's essentially saying, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get up on the cross and have them put nails in your hands and nails in your feet. And be whipped till till skin was peel flesh was peeling off your body. You didn't sit up in the sun all day. You didn't have to endure that. So look to him as your model, and when you look to him, you can run your race with patience. Because you don't have to deal with what Jesus went through. Okay, it might be hard, and I don't want to discount anybody's storm. I do not. Okay? The loss of a loved one, the loss of a business you know, the destruction of a marriage, you know, all of those things, man, can be devastating. And I don't want to minimize any of it, but nobody's put nails in your hand and nails in your feet and put you up on a cross for something you didn't do. It may feel like I'm being crucified. I remember hearing a well-known gospel singer saying, you know, I just feel like I'm being crucified. Dude, you ain't being crucified. I understand it's intense and it's painful and I don't want to discount it, but you ain't being crucified. Okay, anytime I think about somebody putting a, a thumbtack in my hand, let alone a nail, right? It kind of puts things in perspective. And that's the point that the writer is making. As bad as you have it, Jesus had it worse and he carried out his assignment. 
okay? So if he can do it, you can do it. Because the same God that gave him the strength to endure the cross is the same God that will give you the strength to endure your storm. That's real. That's real. I've lived it. I've lived it. And as devastating as it is, and as painful as it is, you're going to get to your destination. You're going to get to your destiny. The storm is not going to stop you. The storm is not going to stop you. And that might be something that you need to say on a regular basis. The storm is not going to stop me. The storm is not going to stop me. Because God is with you. God is for you. God can be trusted. And he loves you with an everlasting love. You take that and you run with it. You cry if you must, but don't you quit. Stay in bed for an extra day if you have to, but eventually you got to get out of there. Pull the covers up. One of my mentors, when she gets down, she likes to stays in bed and pulls the covers over her head. Pull the covers over your head if you must, but eventually you got to pull them bad boys back because the storm is not going to stop you, for God is with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? All right? So, so, so step on through this thing. You're going to be all right. 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 I'm going to be all right. <laughs> You're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> all right? All right? <laughs> all right, fam. That's our show for today, man. I hope this has blessed you because it's truly blessed me. I get blessed by this stuff as much as you do. Um, my mother is listening to these podcasts now and she'll text me and say, good job, son. I heard the podcast. You did a good job. That, that, that always feels good to me. So mama, thank you. And, uh, keep listening and you keep listening to the word experience podcast where we experience the word in a fresh new way. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.